Take your Bibles this morning. Turn, if you would, to Luke, chapter number 8. Have you often wondered why the Lord does some things? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, there is a God in heaven that is in charge. And nothing is by mistake. As I read through the book of Jeremiah or Ezekiel, I see God's plans. But they're not done over days necessarily or weeks. Sometimes it's centuries and millenniums. But he's got a plan. Now, he knows everybody in this room and he loves you. And he's orchestrated time. And the coming of his son, we celebrate Christmas. And the payment of his son, we celebrate Easter and his resurrection. For everybody in this room to profit. That you could know you're on your way to heaven. That's the first thing. You'll notice that the Lord always prepares us for storms that come our way. Now, I'm going to use the word storm this morning because this is the story we have this morning. If you'll notice, if you would, Luke chapter 8, notice if you would in verse 22. Now, it came to pass on a certain day. I think it's very clear that the Lord had planned this day that he was going to take his disciples into a boat and a storm was going to come up and he was going to be asleep and was going to see how they handled the storm. What would they do? Well, you'll notice if you would now, it came to pass on a certain day. And every storm in our life comes to pass on a certain day. God has preordained it. He has planned it. And I want you to notice simple things this morning. Number one, God prepares all of us for our storms. You might say, well, how do I get prepared for my uh, family to die? Or how do I get prepared for me to lose my job? Or how do I get prepared for, uh, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, but you have cancer. Uh, It's stage three or it's stage four. Um, uh, How do we get prepared for that? I'm not prepared for it. The Lord is trying to prepare everybody in this room for the storms that come in your life. He's the greatest teacher to ever live. How many teachers do we have in this room? Would you raise your hand? Teachers, raise your hand. Raise them up. Good and high. Let me see them. How many of you give a test without preparing your students? Teachers don't do that. They don't like to see them fail. Now, how many of you heard of a pop quiz? Anybody ever have a pop quiz? Okay, I hate those things because the teacher said, I said it the last three days, and I, but I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. And so you get a pop quiz. Well, the Lord can give us a pop quiz, but he always prepares us for the quiz to come or for the test to come or the storm to come. There's no storm that's ever happened to us that God didn't try to prepare us. Now, when you notice, this, let's read the story and continue with it. Notice in verse 22, 
And he said unto them, let us go over into the other side of the lake. Now, Jesus said, a certain day, let's get together, guys, and get in the boat. We'll go to the other side of the lake. And he knew this storm was going to come right in the middle of that lake. Now, notice what he says. And they launched forth. They don't know what's happening. He does. And I want you to see how worried he is when every storm you and I face in our life comes. He's asleep. He's not worried. Jesus is never worried about a storm that's ever come up in your life or mine or anybody else's life because he has a solution. Now, notice if you would in verse 23, but as they sailed, he fell asleep and they came down and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. They were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Now, all of us would like for Jesus to do that for us. But I want you to understand, he prepares us for every storm that comes in our life. If you have your Bible, turn me if you would. <clears throat> Back to Luke chapter number 6. I want you to see this. Look, if you would, in verse 19. Now, keep in mind, the disciples are going through life with Jesus Christ as their teacher and as their leader, but they're not listening like many of us. Notice this. Verse number 18, they and there were that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Notice verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Now, they saw him heal them all, and everybody left healed, whether they were blind or deaf or dumb. Uh, now, notice, if you would, uh, take your Bible and turn me, if you would. Uh, uh, you, you'll notice a, another passage. Uh, look over, if you would, in verse number, uh, verse number 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. Now these are the disciples of John who came and said, Are you the one that's to come? Are you the Messiah? And he said, I'll tell you what. You just tell them what you've seen. Have how that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the poor to the gospel is preached. He said, look, um, just go back and tell them what you've seen. The disciples saw the same thing, but it didn't register with them that Jesus would do what he's done for the blind man for them. And I don't think we do either. I don't think for some reason the old devil has, has, has gotten into our minds and for some reason he has convinced us that Jesus Christ won't do the same things for us today that he did for them 2,000 years ago. Somehow he separated us from the power of God back then and the power of God today. And so we worry, we live in fear 
We live in fear that many times that, that someone's going to be angry at us. We live in fear that we might lose our job. We live in fear of our health. Uh, we live in fear of our retirement, not having enough money. We live in fear of my car might not, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, it might break down. We have all these fears that the old, old devil puts on our shoulder and, and, and makes us try to knock them off until we're scared to death. Well, you'll notice the Lord Jesus had healed blind people. He had healed lepers. No one had ever done that then. Not only that, one day he's walking along and a lady, a widow lady, comes in a previous chapter of this chapter 8, and a widow lady's walking behind the, uh, the, the casket of her son, and Jesus walks up, and the Bible says he has compassion on her. I think we sort of feel like his compassion is gone. It was 2,000 years ago, but it's not today. I want you to understand something. He's preparing your heart for the storms of today and tomorrow because he has compassion on you. He loves you. The first thing I want you to see he's prepared for is, you know, there is a place called hell. Now, you probably go to church for the rest of your life, and most places you'll never hear a sermon on hell. But it's a real place. Luke 16, the rich man looked up and saw the Lord and said, In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy. Send Lazarus and dip a tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. Why is that? Because it was a place prepared for the devil and his angels, not for one person in this room. But if you and I reject the payment that Jesus made on the cross, as we sang today, the old rugged cross, the story, uh, the, the, the blood-stained way, if you reject that payment for you, he's prepared for you to miss the storm of hell. And yet you and I have got to accept that. We have got to put our faith and trust. He said, look, where's your faith, guys? So it's a storm of wind and water, but there's a storm coming of judgment for everybody in this room that does not know Christ as Savior. And you need to be prepared for it. He's tried to prepare you for it, but you've got to receive Christ as Savior. Now, if you haven't today, you can do that. You can take care of it this morning. You say, well, Pastor, look at all these people in this room. Look, I remember sitting in my church when I was a teenage boy, and the Lord hit my heart and said, Dave, you need to be saved today. And I said the same thing, but Lord, look at all the people in the church. And he said, are you willing to go to hell so those people won't laugh at you? I said, nope. He said, then come. And I got up out of my seat and walked to the front. And you know what? Not one person laughed. They came up and said, Dave Pittman, I'm proud you had the courage to come and trust Christ. People thought I was saved. I kind of sort of uh, glossed over it. And maybe you're here today and you're not prepared for the storm of judgment. Could I encourage you to come today and trust Christ as Savior? He's prepared for you. And he can wash away your sin today. But I want you to notice, uh, not only did he prepare for them, uh, but he let them see his miracle-working power. So he walks up to this lady falling behind this, uh, the casket of her son, and, and she's a widow lady, and he's everything she's got, and Jesus has compassion on her. And he walks up, and he says, would you wake up? And the whole place, all, everybody around said, oh, my. The Lord has come today, and in the form of this man, God has come. 
Wow, a, a great prophet has come. And so today I want to remind you that Jesus Christ has done things for us to prepare our eyes of things that he has done. And I think we've missed it. He's given us healing from time to time. I think we've missed it. He's blessed us, and we missed it. We gave the credit to somebody else, or we took the credit ourselves. But I want you to understand that this storm comes up, and it terrifies them. Sometimes the Lord has to bring a storm to our minds to cause us to look up because we're so focused on here and now in this place. And so the Lord sends a storm, and we have no ability to control the wind and the rain. And so we look up and say, Lord, you know, but you're going to notice here, he was prepared for them, but I want you to notice another thing about it. Um, he permitted the storm to come. You'll notice, if you would, the Lord Jesus permits storms to come in our life for a purpose. It's for our profit. Everybody in this room, he permits storms in your lives. He permits a flat tire. He permits a, a health issue. He permits a, 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 an accident of sorts. And, and so, you know, you and I have to look at it and say, wonder what he's doing in my life, Lord. What could I do? How can I learn from this? But you're going to notice here uh, that they asked nothing like that. They just said, Lord, don't you care about us? Look with me, if you would, in Matthew, in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Look with me, if you would, in Mark 4, verse 38. Now, I want you to notice a couple things about this permission that he gives. And I want you to see this. Take notice. Look in verse 35, Mark 4, 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Notice number one, us. He might prevent, the, he might present, allow them, the storm to have permission to come, but he's going to walk through it with you. Us go over. Somehow we don't get that. Somehow we think we're all alone. Well, you'll notice then, verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it is now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship and asleep on a pillow. That tells you how fearful he is about any storm you've ever seen. Notice, if you would. Master, they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Folks, no one should ever ask that question. He gave his son to die for you and I because he loves you. I only have one son. I wouldn't give my son for you. I love you but not as much as God does. And so the Lord Jesus looks at everybody in this room and he says, he said, I love you. And so when you and I say, what's going on, Lord? Don't you know I'm here? Don't you care? Oh my, yes, he cares. And it's what he's trying to get you and I is to trust him. Notice what he says. Look in verse number 39. Um, and he arose and rebuked them. He didn't say a word to them. Now, if you read Matthew, it says, after the end, notice if you would, in verse number 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. If you'll notice verse 40, then he said unto them, why are you so fearful? You know, the Lord permits storms in our life 
But he doesn't ever expect us to be afraid because he said, let us go into the storm. He's always going with you. The Lord, David, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Folks, today, the lesson of this story of this storm is that you and I would learn to trust him and not to be afraid of things that we can't change ourselves. One thing uh, that I've learned over time is that if I can't, if it's bigger than me and I can't change it, why worry about it? I'm just going to turn it over to the Lord because I have to. If I can't uh, see this bill or this thing here or this thing there, that, that I have a solution for it, I've got to trust him. And he puts us in that position and limits the storm so that it's not too great for us. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to notice this. And uh, one of the lessons that we can learn from this storm is from another passage. Okay? I want you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would, with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bible, you'll want to underline this verse. I know uh, many of you know it, uh, but I want to attach it to this passage here. And I want you to notice in verse number 13. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I want you to notice what he says here. There's no temptation. There's no storm. There's no thing that causes fear in our life. Taking you but such is common to man. We all go through storms, folks. Everybody here. We all go through a relationship that's strained, and Lord, please, would you do something? We all go through a health issue, uh, uh, an eye problem like a Fifi this morning, or like Nick. Uh, now, not all of us don't have the same ones, but all those that scare us, what about this? Notice what he says. There's no temptation to, the temptation to fear, the temptation to be afraid hath taken you, but notice, if you would, but just as common to man, everybody's going to face him. But notice in verse 13, but God is faithful. That's the lesson I think he wants us to learn. God is faithful to you. Remember, he said, I'll go with you in the storm. Let's go together. We're going together. He never lets us go to the storm alone. But notice, follow the rest with me. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. He always limits the storms. God never sends a storm to you that's too great. That you can't ride through it with joy. Do you remember in Acts when, Peter, when Paul has been on the ship for so many days straight and hadn't eaten for 14 days? And the Lord says, I'm going to get you through this. And Paul gets all of them together, all 276 of them, looks them in the eye and says, I believe the Lord today. and We're all going to make it out of this ship. We're all going to be fine. He said, let's eat and, 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 and fellowship a little bit in the midst of the storm. And somehow his faith caused them to laugh and joy, have joy. Does our faith do that for others around us? The Lord brings storms in our life and said, okay, Satan, this is all you can do. No more. He did it for Job. The old devil went to the, to the, to the Lord and said, well, look, why wouldn't he uh, uh, love you? When the Lord said to him, he loves me more than you can do whatever you want to with him, but you're not going to change his love for me. He said, well, he said, why wouldn't he love you? You've given everything. You put a hedge about him. And everybody in this room, you've got a hedge about you that God alone has put there. And when a test and a storm comes your way, God alone says, you can only do this much. 
And you know what he's trying to accomplish? He's not trying to make you and I be afraid. He's trying to get you and I to turn to him and say, I know he's faithful and I know he's with me. And rejoice. Now, I know it's difficult to rejoice in the middle of a storm. But Paul and Silas did. They had the storm of being thrown in jail. Now, I'll tell you what, if this morning I wasn't here to preach and, <clears throat> and uh, one of the head deacons got up here and said, well, the pastor's in jail today, you might say, you might think, well, well, you know, he probably deserves that. I don't know, he probably did something, you know. But my point, I'm in a storm. I'm in the middle of the jail cell. I'm in a storm. I promise you I'll feel that way. The Lord says, I will go with you everywhere you go. Notice if you would back over into Mark. Look what he says. Mark chapter 4, verse number 37, there rose a great storm. Some are little storms. Some are bigger storms. But the Bible says the Lord goes through them all with us. You are never alone. And so you and I have to learn that he permits the storm, but he limits the storm also. He is the one that takes that storm and says, this is all you can do. And now he gives us the grace and the strength. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians, that's what he said. He said, God is faithful who not suffer to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape it that you may be able to bear it. So you'll be able to walk under that storm and make it with joy. Remember, he said, I want my children to always live in joy. I think he steals our joy and he inserts fear in all of our hearts from week to week. I know he does it to me from this time. Oh, you know, uh, a, a grandchild is sick or a child is sick or, or someone had a car accident. Uh, uh, you know, uh, wow, it, it can strike fear in your heart. And, and all of a sudden we begin to worry. Now, I want you to notice we can begin to look at the Lord and say, Lord, don't you care about me? Don't you care what's going on? And he can say to us, yes, I've limited the storm. I've given you the ability to walk through it with joy. I've given you the ability to make an eternal difference so the people around you see how you go through the storm and say, wow, I want to go through storms like that. What do they have? We have Jesus. That's it. Notice, if you would, in verse number 39 of Mark, he says, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Well, it's human nature to be afraid. It's human nature to be afraid of a storm when you're in a ship and it's full of water. But it's spiritual nature to say, I'm going to trust him. I know him. He is faithful. And God wants you and I to grow in him. He wants you to profit from everything that happens in your life. He wants to make you a better Christian this week than you were last week. And so storms come. That's why every teacher gives a test to see how much you've learned. And God sends tests along to see how much we've learned. Will we say, I know him. He is faithful. I trust him. You'll notice if you would in verse number 41, <clears throat> in verse number 40 of Mark 4, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have, did you get this? Listen to this. You might want to underline this little word. No faith. Folks, I don't ever want the Lord to look at me and say, Pittman, you have no faith. 
You have no faith in me. But Lord, I do. No, you have no faith. Not a little bit. How much is a little bit worth? Faith as a grain of mustard seed can remove mountains. So you got no faith. You're always afraid. Folks, today the Lord didn't save us. He didn't die to save us to let us live the rest of our lives in fear and worry. He says, I've limited the storms for you. I've got a plan for you. I love you. And so today you and I say, Lord, I love you too. And I am going to trust you. Lord, I am going to. I know you're faithful. How many of us in this room know God is faithful? I mean, you know he is. It's not just that you think, but you're convinced he's faithful. You've got to get to that point because that's one of the steps that increases your faith. I know him. The world doesn't know the Lord, but you and I can. Now, I want you to notice a couple things that did that happened here. Notice with me, if you would, uh, he, he permitted this test to come on a certain day, but I want you to notice they did not. There's no mention here of prayer. Oh, you might say, well, they went to Jesus. Yeah, they went to Jesus to blame him. Lord, don't you care? That's not prayer. You don't find them getting on their knees in the closet of their homes and and say, Lord, I'm in the midst of trouble here. Could, Could I ask your help today? Lord, my friend is in trouble. Could I ask you to bless them today? We live our lives without the power of God flowing through us. And he said, I didn't save you for that. I saved you to be different. I saved you to have the power of God, my power, flowing through you. Now, it's up to us to say, well, I'm going to profit from that. Now, I want you to notice, I'm going to close with this. I want to give you just a few things. Number one, um, you got to look back and see what he's done for us. you got to look back and see the preparation he's made for you. Uh, you can look back and see things that he has done in the past. How many of you have seen God's hand move in your life in the past? In some small way, some big way. But you look back and you say, I see where the Lord did this. I see where the Lord did that. This building is a constant reminder to me every time I walk into it. I know the Lord can. Now, uh, all I'm saying to you is that uh, I, I get in trouble in the future with this thing and that thing. And then I, I, I look back and I say, I know the Lord can You have to constantly remind yourself the Lord can. But number two, we have to constantly remind ourselves to say, Lord, I need you. I I, I know you can, and Lord, I'm asking you to help me. Because he said, I've already limited the storm, and I'll give you the strength. He said, I will give you that you have the strength to bear it. So you may say, Lord, I don't know how. He says, I'll give you the strength to bear it. But you and I just have to keep putting a step forward one at a time saying, Lord, I trust you. I know you are faithful and he'll get you through it. But we worry and doubt and fret and his desire for every storm is that we profit. We get stronger. We get more like him. We're more in his presence. We're more in his image. We don't have things that shake us and rattle us like they used to. Why? Because I trust him. You know what? If somebody ever says that, It is a real source of surprise to the world. How can you handle this illness in your family so easily? Uh, It doesn't seem like it bothers you. Oh, it does, but he is faithful, and I know it. Wow. 
The world doesn't have that. I, I remind you that Jesus always cares for you. He always limits the storm. He always cares for you and walks through with you. The psalmist said it. Paul said it. Mark said it. Luke said it. Matthew said it. He walks through with us. But those disciples, remember this. The disciples heard Jesus say, I'm going to die one of these days. I'm going to rise from the dead. And not one of the 11 really believed it. They all forsook him and fled. So it tells me that you and I have to be very careful because our nature is to run. Our nature is to be afraid. And we need the nature of God for us to be able to stand strong and say, I know him. He'll help me. The Lord wants us to be a light to the world. We can't be a light when we're afraid. We need to be a light standing strong for the Lord. And today I want to encourage you, when a storm like this comes, that you might get on your knees and say, Lord, I, I, could I ask you to help me now? Lord, the ship is almost full. Now, I, I hope you'd pray before the ship's full. And I, I, I promise you, I'm going to pray before the ship's full. When the storm starts and the wind starts howling and all of a sudden the waves start coming over in the ship, I'm going right then and saying, Lord, uh, could you please help? I'm in trouble. And Lord, I need you. I know you're not worried and I know you're faithful, but Lord, I'm worried and I'm just going to trust you. Lord, would you help me not to be afraid? That's what the Lord wants from all of us. And this storm is a simple story for all of us in this room to say, where's my faith? I want to trust him. I'm reminded these lessons will always come. And he'll always be faithful. And he's always listening to prayer. Will we trust him? Do you know, do you believe God is faithful? That's what he said. That's the foundation of the absence of fear. I know he is faithful. And the second step on top of that foundation is, Lord, would you help? They didn't have the foundation, and they didn't ask. And so they were terrified. We don't have to be that way. I was reading this week about an evangelist in England, Europe. His name was George Mueller. Most people know of that name. How many have never heard of George Mueller? Would you raise your hand? Let me see it up. You have never heard of George Mueller. Okay, many of you. Okay, listen to this. He was an evangelist, preacher, missionary. Lord burdened his heart for some orphans. And I think that God used him to show all of us what he could still do today. But somehow I disassociate myself with George Mueller and the power God gave to him and say, but today is different. And God says, I am not different. You're different. And that is that I am weaker. I don't believe that he is faithful. So George Mueller fed 10,000 orphans over the period of 20 years. They came through his orphanage. He raised over $7 million in the 1800s. On his knees. He never asked for a penny. They would have nothing in the cupboards. 
he would say, let's pray. George Mueller said, I can't get anything done unless I spend at least two hours with the Lord every morning. No wonder God heard him. There were times when milk trucks and bread trucks would break down in front of his orphanage and they would get a knock on the door. Um, I'm broken down. Uh, could y'all use some extra milk today, some extra bread? And what they, that man didn't know, they were sitting at the table with empty bowls. And George said, it's coming. He is faithful. I can tell you right now, I don't have that kind of faith. But I want that kind of faith. You know the way it comes? Storms. And you and I getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I, I need that foundation of faith. Lord, help me to have more faith. Lord, uh, help me to have more faith. Lord, uh, help me to know that you're faithful. Today, your God is faithful. He was faithful 2,000 years ago. He was faithful in the 1800s, and he's still faithful today. And when you and I walk into our building, you can say he is faithful. $28 million, and we didn't ask for a dime more. How does God do that? I want you to know, you and I have got to look back at, well, I know Robin Macheski, how many of you know her? Okay. She's had cancer twice, brain surgery twice. She shouldn't have lived from the first one. I think it's been 10 or 11 years. People don't do that. Pat Arnold, she's on dialysis for 12 years. Do you understand whenever I, I get weak in my faith, I bring up the name of Robin. I bring up the name of Pat. I bring up Temple Baptist Church and our new address. I bring up what I've seen the Lord do, and I try to sit back down and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know you can. And I know you will if I'll trust you. Today, what storm are you facing? He is faithful. Where's your faith? And what have you talked to him about? Lord, I need you. It's the same God that George Mueller prayed to hundreds of thousands of times, and God always answered his prayers. I don't know how. I don't know the way that George Mueller had the kind of courage that he did, but he would pray and say, Lord, I need you now, and expected God to answer. He said, I know you're faithful. And somehow God felt the word is not obligated, but he felt like he couldn't let George Mueller down. I want to trust the Lord like that. Where's our faith? With a relationship. With a job. With health. Today, do you, do you have a little bit of faith? Do you know he is faithful? And have you talked to him? The disciples had no faith, didn't believe God was faithful. Even they saw him raise the dead and never prayed. Let's learn the lesson and profit 
from their mistakes that today we can say, I'm going to go through the storms because I know he is faithful. He's limited the storms, and I'm going to trust him all the way through it. Let's bow our heads for the prayer this morning. I'm going to ask you to take just a minute this morning. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've never trusted Christ as Savior. Maybe you'd like to be a part of our church. Maybe you need to be baptized. Whatever the need is this morning, I want to urge you to come and say, Lord, I want to take care of it this morning. Maybe you're facing a storm today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, there's a storm that I'm facing and I, I, I'm concerned about it. Would you, would you pray for me? Um, well, could I just pray for you? Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Pastor, I'm facing a storm. I know God is faithful. I know he limits the storm, but it seems big to me. Would you pray the Lord to help me to profit through the storm? Would you raise your hand all over the building? Let me see it right over. Yes, yes. Many hands all over. Yes. Maybe you need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I know you. Increase my faith. Whatever the need is this morning, don't leave without talking to Jesus this morning. Father, will you speak to every heart today? Lord, I know you want all of us to profit in this room. Maybe some are going to profit with the greatest ability, the gift of eternal life. Lord, help us, everyone, to profit today from your word. In your name we pray. Amen.